0: this is uh Carmen Turner shot and welcome to deep soul diver's astrology. Um I am your host and I am here to welcome uh, an author and and friend of mine her name is Nancy Reed. We met uh through a women's entrepreneurship and and it was interesting Nancy when I when I first saw you and in, in your book I felt she's got to have some Virgo in her chart and I do, I <laughs> I, and I don't know anything about you, right? And I, I asked you <laughs> to send me your birth information. And I thought just the title of your book itself to me was very Virgo, and and you have the moon, your emotional nature in the sign of Virgo, which mm-hmm. is uh, the sign of perfectionism, the sign, <laughs> right? The sign of health and and very much um, an analyzer and someone that wants to be perfect. You know, Virgos are known to to be hard on themselves. So I'm really interested to talk to you and, and kind of you know bring your chart into it a little bit and talk about your new book. And and I'll go ahead and, and just read a little bit of your bio. And then um, I'll let you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your spiritual path. So uh, Nancy Reed, sacred embodiment coach, author, intuitive healer, Pilates instructor, spiritual life coach, and student teacher, facilitator of A Course in Miracles, is a San Francisco Bay Area native, that calls uh, La La Land home for nearly a decade. She's recently wrote a book uh, called Happily Ever Now, Not After Everything Else is Perfect. And it's a gentle guide for overcoming the paralysis of perfectionism by embracing our inner uh, guidance, our innate guidance. So I loved, you know, when I got the book, I thought, wow, this is very much, I resonate with it. Um, as I'm, I'm a Virgo's son, today is actually my birthday. <laughs> And and so I was looking at your chart and I'm like I knew it you know you're you're a virgo moon so <laughs> we're set we're sun moon flip so inside emotionally uh you have virgo personality traits and then your sun sign is gemini which guess what is is the writer the communicator mm. the teacher so all these things you're doing and you're an eighth house sun which is all of my research is about eighth house people you're a phoenix so we can talk a little bit about that as we go but you know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and just, you know, your spiritual path and how you kind of came about uh where you are today?
1: Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I am so excited to have this conversation with you Carmen because I've always been intrigued about astrology, but I've never connected with anybody to actually dive into this, and maybe the perfectionism kept me from, from trying to do it on my own, uh, yeah. which is pretty funny. And my father, his birthday is actually tomorrow, and oh, he, so he's a Virgo, and good. and I've always wondered why he and I kind of butt heads, and yet we also are so much alike too. It, and so this yes. is fascinating.
0: <laughs> you are you are alike. You're you're his his outer identity is how you are inside. So it's like, and the vice versa, it's like, you're a mirror to each other, you know, in a lot of ways.
1: (laughs) That is fascinating. So, yeah, I mean, my whole life, I was that little kid that would like go with my mom, bless her heart. And I would go into like an ice cream store or something with her. And I'd be like, mom, why is that little girl so sad? And she's mm. like, what do you mean sad? She's mm. in the ice cream store. She's not right? sad, you know? And yes. then eventually after me saying this a few times, she was like, okay, I guess I'll go check in. And so she like went out to the family wow. and and she was like, I know this is gonna sound a little weird, but did mm. something bad happen today or something sad? And they're like, oh yeah, we had to put our dog down. And we were trying so hard to think of oh. what would you know, lift up our little girl's just life oh, and, and, yeah. and bring a smile back to her. And she and her dog had shared like an ice oh. cream cone or something like that before. And oh. it was just the sweetest thing. And so my yeah. mom, after that, she was like, huh, maybe there's something to these, these little feelings that, that you're having. And yet nobody else really in my family had that experience. And so I mm-hmm. felt pretty weird. And I wanted yeah. to be normal and I wanted to be perfect. Right. <laughs> and, yes. and so even as a little girl, so I did my best to mm-hmm. blend in. I did my best mm-hmm. to want to be invisible. In fact, I remember mm-hmm. in middle school, we had to write an essay about like, if I was a superhero, this is the superpower I would have. And everyone chose flying for some reason. Oh, I yeah. still remember that. And I yeah. chose invisibility (laughs) and and it was i found the essay the other day actually with my mom and it was so funny because i i saw like how much i thought well if i'm invisible then nobody can judge me and i don't have to worry about being perfect and and also that i can have all of these experiences that i was having that were so different from any of my friends, like having these really lucid dreams, Mm -hmm. having people come up to me on the street. I still remember in San Francisco when I was a little girl Mm -hmm. and this woman came up when I was walking with my dad and she was like, your aura, you have this like aura about you. You're supposed to heal people. And I was like, wow, I'm like seven. Like, no, (laughs) I just want to be a little girl. And, and so it was that same thing. So I've always been, I guess you would say the reluctant healer, the reluctant Spiritual, the reluctant, intuitive,
0: wow. and
1: you know, it really took some pretty life-altering events to yeah. have that shift for me, where I nearly died, and I've had several near-death experiences. Oh,
0: wow. I want to hear and, about this. Yeah, this, and so, <laughs> this is, so this is so cool. Lived, this is your I eighth. Lived, this is your eighth ahead. house. This is your eighth house. I was going to ask you, but since you brought it up, I, I I'm careful how I bring it up. But when I pulled your chart up. I thought that you have had a connection with death because Mm -hmm. you have the sun and Venus and Mercury all in the house of death, rebirth, transformation, and healing. And people I've been doing this a long time. And everyone I've met has either had a near death experience or lost someone close to them at a young age, or they were connected to death and dying in some way, dreaming about it, knowing when it would mm-hmm. happen. So I really, you're an eighth house you're, and I'm really interested in this. I researched this house. So I want, uh, you're validating my research right now. Just telling me about this. So, so I just can't wait to hear more. I mean, this is, this is amazing. Yeah.
1: So, so I remember when I was probably about, you know, 15, 16, I had a surgery and during the surgery, I got really scared beforehand. And so my blood pressure shot up much higher than what it had been when they had been measuring it beforehand. So they weren't expecting that. So they had to give me a lot more anesthesia. And I guess that made it really hard for me to wake up. And so when they were trying to wake me up, I wasn't waking up. And what I remember is being like in, in, in the hospital bed, in the room, And then I was like above and I could see everything that was happening and I could see them trying to wake me up. It was the weirdest thing. And I couldn't, yeah. And I couldn't couldn't say anything. I couldn't anything, but like I'd had really lucid dreams before Mm -hmm. in my childhood. So I kind of thought that was the same sort of thing that was happening. And then afterwards, when I finally did wake up, and I remember asking them, I'm like, did you try to do, you know, X, Y, or Z? Like, did you, did you come over my shoulder? Were you tapping it? Were you, did? and they were like, yes. Like, oh, how, wow. how, how do you know that? And I was like, I saw,
0: you know, oh. and then,
1: but again, I wanted to be invisible. Right. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, i I just won't say anything about this. And, and so then I went on through life and I did my best to blend in the background. You know, I was a cheerleader in school. I was involved in student government, like all these different things. And That's yet it. I always had this curiosity. I always yeah. was looking for like, what are things for? What is the yeah. purpose? And, yeah. and where's my place in this world? Cause I felt like I wasn't really supposed to be here in a way. Like wow. I used to ask my mom when I was yeah. a little girl, I would say, can you put me back inside? Like, I, I just want to go back inside. You weren't from I, earth. You weren't you know, I just, here. Yeah. I just feel I didn't feel like it was my home. And I felt yeah. like that there was something else I was connected to in my dreams yeah. And I even saw these like, almost like glitter, like particles come down from the ceiling. And I talk about this in my book when I was oh, a little yeah. girl, when my parents were going through a divorce yeah. and I I saw these sparkles as I called them and they came yeah. and they offered me comfort from all my oh, nightmares.
0: Oh, how amazing.
1: And so I so, I mean, I've had all these different experiences. And then when I was out of college and I had broken up with a boyfriend that I was really serious about. And I was dating this other guy that was like literally our second or third date practically. And he'd been drinking and I didn't know it. And by this Mm -hmm. point, I had done a really good job at tuning out and basically muting my innate guidance, my intuition, my inner voice, whatever you want to call it. But it tried, (laughs) it tried to, to break through and to tell me not to get in the car, to go out before a drive for a few, you know, before dinner, he wanted to impress me. Oh, and, and I heard that voice so clearly saying, don't go, don't go. And I thought, well, that can't be right. I mean, this is just a little drive and he's so cute and like, Uh, I want him to like me, right. I want to be, I want to be perfect. And, and so I got in the car and then as soon as we were in the car, I knew I'd made a mistake because he was going faster and faster and faster. And I remember like asking him to slow down and he was like, yeah, babe, as soon as I get around this corner, let me show you what this baby can do. And he like, you know, like spun out basically. And so the the car fishtailed because then he hit the brakes and the tires were kind of bald and I didn't know that either. And, you know, so the car starts spinning around and we're on this two directional lane Road, but it's only a one lane actual driving road, and so, like, you know, cars can come either way, but there's really yeah. only space for one. And so, I'm thinking we're gonna hit somebody yeah. that's coming around the other side. So, thank goodness oh. nobody was coming the other direction. Wow. But as the car started spinning and going over the edge of this basically cliff in the dark, wow. <laughs> and so no cell phone reception because we were out in the middle of nowhere, and oh. all this, it was like a commuter's bypass basically Scary. that he had taken me to. Oh, yeah. wow. And and so we're going over the edge and this time that voice speaks up again. And this time oh, I did listen oh and it said, push up. And I was like, push up. And I, I just felt like my hand, like push up on the roof of the car. And what that did was it sort of wedged me in the seat and in the car so that I didn't hit the dashboard and I didn't oh, go out wow. the windshield oh. because it was an old fashioned sports car and they didn't have it wasn't a self adjusting seatbelt oh. and the person that had ridden in it before me was much larger like one of his coworkers or something like oh, that
0: oh geez
1: and so if I hadn't listened to that I don't know what would have happened you know
0: something oh, terrible probably. Nancy oh my gosh <laughs> that's amazing I. I You're right. It's it's interesting how, you know, we kind of doubt that inner voice when we Mm -hmm. until we until something happens. And after many times of not listening, sometimes something very tragic happens or we wake up. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes that's how our, our angels and guides I believe get us to uh, trust our own self and, mm-hmm. you know, that connection we have to, to God and the universe and our spirit, uh, our higher self. We tend to doubt it because we're not raised to believe in these things. You know, we're not raised to, you know, your story, uh, resonates with me a lot. You know, uh, when I was little, the same thing, you were an empath and mm-hmm. you felt people's pain and, and that's mm-hmm. eighth house energy. You're and I, w- I have a lot of eighth house, too. And it's it's funny because, you know, we had a lot of ladies that were part of that group that we did. Mm-hmm. But I was so drawn to you. There was something <laughs> I, I knew there was something about you that was similar to me. And then I pulled your chart up and I just laughed because you got eighth and twelfth house. So I, I, I knew and, and and I thought I got to ask her. And uh, I love to hear this. And and you are meant to be a healer. And, and, and you were you feel people's the undercurrents going on in the environment. From mm-hmm. a young age, eighth house people feel things. They sense things. They feel like they're not from earth. They feel like they're adopted. They ask their parents, uh, I'm not from here. <laughs> I mean, I, I hear this from thousands of people. So, so uh, you, you know, you're just validating my experience as a son in the eighth house person. And I mean, I just kind of know when someone has eighth house and and I, and I you do. So you're meant to be that, that uh, deep transforming experiences. I mean, physical death. Emotional rebirths, emotional deaths, um, transforming your mind, your beliefs, all of those changes are part of who you are and these experiences. I'm sure you have many more experiences. Oh, yeah. No, I have so many. Yeah, yeah. And, and And so what was really interesting
1: about this one was that as we were going over the edge of the cliff and I was bracing myself wow. in the car. All I saw in front of me, like people talk about near-death experiences Mm -hmm. that they see their life flash before them. I never have had that happen. What I did see was any instance of unforgiveness or unkindness in a relationship between me and someone else whether it was intentional or not, that's what I saw were like hurt feelings or, you know, things like, and it was just all like, almost like a a movie, a movie, like, you know, just came across like a single strip of film or something. And I'm watching all of it happen. And I'm like, why am I being shown this? Like, what Mm -hmm. is this trying to show me? And why am I being shown this when I think I'm going to (laughs) die? Like I literally thought we were going to die. And and so we go over the edge and the car just kind of like soars. And luckily it, it set a wow. low center of gravity so it didn't flip. So oh. we just landed at the bottom of this like deep ravine. Oh and my. all this dirt came down with us as the car went down with such force. Oh my god! And the window was down. So I was literally buried. And oh, I thought Nancy. that that I had died. Oh Nancy! And, oh my god! And I was just like. Okay. Am I alive? Is the car going to blow up? Am I, is it, am I dead? Like what, what is happening? Why was I shown that? And what was the last thing I was shown? And then I heard another voice again, my Mm -hmm. little inner voice that was now getting a little louder. And she said, get out. And so, so I got out. Like so I got I <laughs> so I got out of the car. I crawled out the window Holy through cow. the dirt and everything. So I'm covered in dirt from head to toe. I look like wow. somebody that came out of a grave. Oh. And I'm like crawling up through the, you know, just the the moonlight shining down because it was in the fall yes. and, um, and I was crawling up to the t- surface. And I guess the guy by that point also, he was relaxed because he's been sure. drinking. So he sure. got out of the car and he's coming up behind me and oh, I'm crawling God. and I'm trying to grab on anything I can. And it turns out that I grabbed onto poison Oak. <laughs> and so oh. on top of everything else, I get this like systemic reaction to poison Oak that I've oh. never had before. So oh, that no. comes later, but, but I'm crawling up. And then all of a sudden I see these headlights. So kind of like what you were saying about, yes. I see these headlights come around the corner of this huge white truck and this burly, just like bellowing voice breaks the silence. And he says, are you okay? Oh, Is everything wow. all right? Like what happened? And I'm like, we were in a car accident. I'm trying oh, to get up wow. to the surface, but. I don't think I can go any further or whatever. Cause I was just on adrenaline at that point. I didn't know I'd been hurt in any way, shape or form. And, and he was like, you've got to reach up. And I was like, I can't, it's too far. I'm going to fall. If I, I, you know, I've done everything I can to get this far. And he's like, well, I can't reach over and get you. He's like, you have to reach up. And I'm like, no. And he said, and I still remember these words to this day. And this is the the transformation was he said, I've got you baby girl. Sometimes in life, you need to let go in order to be saved. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: <laughs> and so, so I took this <laughs> deep breath and I just wow. reached up with all of my might, leap oh, of faith. Oh wow! And he grabbed me and brought me up to the surface. Oh and my gosh. it turned out that he was like literally an angel because he yes. was down as a contractor doing some work in that area wasn't meant to be driving through there. Oh, they, wow. there's two guys were in the car together and they saw me and my hair in the headlights and they thought I was like a deer, <laughs> but oh, then they realized my. the deer was wearing clothing and they're like, Oh, okay. Well, it's going to be a deer. Oh, and so, my so they stopped and so they helped the guy up too. And so we got to the surface and they waited oh. with us until we got a tow truck to come and then they disappeared. Wow. And in all of the, oh, you know, wow. just adrenaline, I never got their name. I never got to say thank you enough. Wow. And um, and it turned out that I had separated my C joint, I had twisted oh. my whole thoracic spine, I had poison oak oh. later to show up oh, and Nancy. you know, all, all these things. Oh. And and yet I couldn't shake that memory of what I'd been shown when yeah. I thought that nothing was gonna go on beyond that that moment. Wow. And so that's what inspired me to start writing and journaling.
0: That's amazing. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I don't I can't even explain. So, you know, could they have been angels? I mean, were they did he see them? Well, that's a good question. Gosh, it's been so
1: long. I don't remember him having a conversation with them specifically, but wow. I definitely I know I, I mean, I can kind of still remember. I remember his voice more than anything else. Wow! And I remember the track, <laughs> but wow. I don't I don't remember specifically where they went.
0: Or like why they didn't say beyond a certain time, they were just gone. Wow. So, so right after that happened, you know, what was your, your journey like after that?
1: So my journey was that I was having these horrible nightmares. I'd always been a lucid dreamer, but I had really bad PTSD where I kept seeing the accident replay over and over and over again and different outcomes. So it was like me dying, me uh, having different drivers in the driving seat. Then it was my face in the driving seat. And I was like, (gasps) so you know, and, and then, but I felt this call to write. It was really weird. And I'd been given this journal like a few weeks before the accident. And it was called Awaken from the Dream Within. Oh
0: wow!
1: And so I opened it up and I started writing. And the first thing I wrote was called The Instant Is All There Is. And it just flowed out for me. And it wasn't like there was any pausing or anything. But what I noticed was when I was writing, I wasn't hurting. And I wasn't scared. And I wasn't. Thinking yeah. about that I was still down at the bottom of that cliff, basically, yes. you know? Yes. And 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 so I, I kept writing. And then after about two months or so of doing that, I shared yeah. my writings with my mother. And I said, hey, I've been doing this. And I don't know why, but I feel like I should show it with you, you know, share it with yeah, you. Yeah, nice. And, and she was like, okay. And so she was reading it well so I grew up in a household with my mom after my parents got divorced mostly and I saw my dad kind of like on the weekends and vacations and things like that, but my mom had been a teacher and a student of A Course of Miracles for oh, as nice. long as I can remember but I'd never opened the book. So it was kind of like the people would come to our house and me wanting to be invisible. The last thing I wanted to do was to have yes. anyone see me and possibly think that I was one of them or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And and so yeah. I hid upstairs and I remember being like, mom, what do I tell people you do? You have people come to your house every week. Like, this is weird. Like, yeah. you know, and everything. And, and she's like, yeah, but it, it, it makes me a better person. And, and, and she's yeah. like, and it's not about anyone else reading it. And she's like, you never have to read this book. And so I was like, always curious about that. I was like, yeah. Well, that's interesting. This is different. Some of the other spiritual paths I've heard about and things where people try to make you become one of them or, you know, read, read the book. And yet she was telling me, no, you don't have to ever read it. So after me doing this writing and showing it to her, she was like, you know, would it be okay if I shared this with another friend of mine? And I said, okay. So she shared it with her friend who turns out that she was working with Ken Wapnick, who was the original teacher of A Course in Miracles. Oh, nice. And she shared with him my journals. And he, out of the blue, called me up probably a couple weeks later. And he was like, hey, I'm Ken Wapnick. I've read your journal. (laughs) It's beautiful. And he's, he's like, you know. What do you think about all this? And I was like, I don't know. I just know that when I'm writing, it doesn't hurt as much. And he said, Okay, so you're coming at this from pain. And he said, And that's okay. He was very gentle about it. And he said, But if you want to have somebody who gets where you're coming from, and and understands more of this, I'm happy to be that for you. So here's my number. You can call me anytime you can share with me anything you're writing. Don't force it. Don't make a big deal about it. Don't take it all too seriously. And he said, and above all, do not read A Course in Miracles while you are writing this. (laughs) And so I was like, okay. And I just trusted him from, from day one. And, and so, you know, he kind of became my mentor and my second father in so many ways. Nice. And, and then that went on for another few months. And then he called me up again. And I'd been calling him here and there with different writing, you know, journal entries and things. And he said, okay, today's the day. He said, do you want to read the book, Course of Miracles? And mm-hmm. I said, sure. I'm curious about it. And he said, okay, sure. go pick it up and open up to any page. He's like, it'll always be sure. the right page, whatever you open up to. So I just opened the book and I opened up to this section called the forgotten song which is about us remembering the truth of us, basically. Mm -hmm. And as I'm reading through it, I'm like, well, that's interesting. This is kind of similar to what I've been writing. And he said, yes, because truth is truth. And he said, you might be writing it in a different form, but it's coming from that same place. And he said, so now you get to have a choice. Do you just keep writing or do you want to integrate your writing and actually really live it? and experience yeah. it yourself and i was like oh well that's interesting and he said well i'd love to meet you so if you would like to come i'm teaching a class coming up and you know come on to sure. the class and i'll i'll talk to you and and you don't have to do any of this but if sure. this feels like it's something you want to do then this is what you can do nice. and so i went down there i met him we had this immediate connection. He did feel like a second father to me, nice. and he became my mentor in all
0: things and all ways nice.
1: until he passed away in 2013.
0: Oh, that's a great story. That's amazing. It, it's it's so nice to have you know. Well, everyone we meet is for a reason, you know. When when the time is right, all everyone we know now we're meant to be in their lives, you know, and connect. And and it's it's interesting because when you were talking about seeing the different flashes of relationships or unforgiveness or, you know, that that was what you saw. It reminds me, you know, of Dolores. I've read a lot of Dolores Cannon's work. And I just Mm. saw, I just literally saw a video this week on YouTube or something, a snapshot of her talking about that. That's why all of us keep coming back is to Mm. heal. And (laughs) it's, it's all about forgiveness, everything, why we keep coming back into the, into this uh, body and spirit is to forgive. just like, don't be angry with anyone, forgive everyone. You know, it was this video and I'm like, wow. And so what you said just really resonated that that was your life review. You know, they call it a mm-hmm. life review. You know, I've read a lot of books like Embraced by the Light, Saved by the Light. You know, when I was in high school, I was very interested in near-death experiences and, and all these things. And, and, you know, I always wondered, you know, what would it be like? And, and so it's interesting. Everyone experiences it a little differently. I've had Mm -hmm. some friends that, that, that died and came back and they saw a light and, and similar, like they saw people that they needed to work on or forgive Mm -hmm. and let things, let things go. And it's kind of, I mean, I believe that some of this is from the past lives as well, that comes back that we're working these things out this life, you know, and so, yeah,
1: because if time is more holographic than linear, mm-hmm. then anything we're healing now, we're mm-hmm. healing intergenerationally too. And, yes. you know, throughout the different identities. And Ken used to yes. say that he believed that I had left early in all my previous lifetimes. Oh. And that this lifetime yeah. was a choice yes. to see if it was possible to hang in there wow. versus. Get get out, you know, and, and he said that all of this ambiguity that I had about being here, mm-hmm. that that was what was behind these near-death experiences was me believing that I had to have one foot in and one foot out that I couldn't have both feet in and still be connected to that truth, to that memory yeah. of something bigger, you know, basically and beyond and yeah. have that spirituality. And, and he said that if I chose to hang in there this time, and to choose to have both feet in and yet be in it but not of it, that I could be extraordinarily helpful to others that were struggling with the same sorts of things, that were not nice. believing in their possibilities and their hopes. Yes. But again, it was my choice and it was never going to be forced.
0: Wow. I love that. And 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 I'm I'm looking at here. I had some questions I wanted to ask you. Um, so with with perfectionism, you know, I'm seeing, you know, you've got a Virgo moon. Um, and now as a Virgo, I how it how we always like a perfectionist, like have like hard on yourself. Cause I find that people with Virgo sun and moon, that we tend to be hardest on ourselves. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I was, and mm-hmm. I always was comparing myself to like my older brother who seemed to yeah. have everything come easy to him and be athletic yeah. and smart and everything. And I was like, well, if he has a 3.9, I better get a 4.0 sure. or if, you know, cause I wanted to be enough. And my father grew up in Hungary in Budapest and was very, very, very poor and through extraordinary means was able to escape and start a new life for himself here. And I think that he brought a lot of his ideas about women's place, women's role, women's everything. And he didn't quite know what to do with this little girl who wanted to sell pumpkins as you know an elementary school student because wow. I wanted to have my own business and I wanted yeah. to make money for, for yeah. Christmas. And so he always <laughs> had thought that he was going to pass on his entrepreneurial yeah. business, his own company. He started all these things wow. on his own. Um, to my brother, because that's the son, right? And yet I was the one that was like, dad, see me, see me, see me. And I thought, well, if I could just be perfect enough, then I'll be worth it for him to stay home more or to spend time with me or to invest in my cheerleading practice as much as he's invested in my brother's other sports, you know, that are not so masculine and everything else. And, uh, you know, so I was always trying to be more and I was believing that, I was responsible for people's health happiness and unhappiness. And so, you yeah. know, that if if they were unhappy it was something I had done and mm-hmm. that if they were happy, then I'd mm-hmm. finally been able to walk on enough eggshells and contort myself into enough chameleon versions of myself mm-hmm. that I got them to be happy too. So there was mm-hmm. always that mm-hmm. sense of I can't be vulnerable. I can't tell anybody who I really am. They're going to run for the hills and tar and feather me and burn me at the stake. Sure. And I had lots of dreams actually of being like a high priestess or different things in the past yeah. and having sure. people betray me and, you know, all those yes. archetypes oh, and yeah. everything. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I definitely have had that play out in this life where I thought, yeah. well, if I'm my, if I'm really myself, how are people going to react yeah. And, and what if they think I'm a fraud? Like, yeah. how do I explain these things that I know that I wasn't taught Yeah, that I just know them.
0: Yeah.
1: Like when I worked with people in Pilates with rehab, I could see them and I would know where their pain was. I could see them and know the question to ask them about the emotional piece that yeah. tied into their physical pain. And I couldn't explain it. And I had doctors as clients and nurses and, you know, different people. And they'd be like, did you go to medical school? Like, how, how do you know all this? And I'd be like, "Uh," and then I get scared and be like, "Uh oh, they're going to think I'm a fraud. They're going to think I'm, you know, something else when all it was coming from was wanting to be helpful and wanting to be of service and wanting to offer a different option for people that were in pain. Cause I had been in so much physical pain and emotional and spiritual pain. And kindness mm-hmm. and curiosity, which are the mm-hmm. you know, foundations of all of my work yeah. and gentleness, that had actually been what was the key to undoing all of that perfectionism, which yeah. is perfectly imperfect because perfectionism yes. doesn't get cured. It's, it's <laughs> <Yes>. just <laughs> different shades of it. But yes. now when I recognize the perfectionism wanting to speak, I'm more gentle to it. I don't judge it. And yeah. I see it as serving a purpose that it's trying to help me in some way or protect me in some way. And so I express gratitude to it. And then I'm able to let go of it and to invite that curiosity much easier.
0: That's that's wonderful. Um, and I'm looking here. There's so much. Um, you shared so much. So, you know, how has your, your life transformed the most since choosing to live your own happily ever now. <laughs> <laughs> living in the, the present. <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding. Uh, and that was the thing is that everyone's always waiting. They're waiting for that after they're waiting for their happily ever to come at some point after when they've checked off all the boxes, when the world has said they're enough, when they have enough letters after their name, when somebody with more followers than them gave them a like, you know, whatever it was that they're waiting for and all you're doing is you're just running as fast as you can to stay in place you know to borrow from alice yeah. in wonderland and yeah. and really it's coming from a place of fear and really it's yeah. coming from that belief that doesn't get talked about a lot and i talk about this in my yeah. book with yeah. perfectionism yeah. is that there's this very kind of silly belief now but at the time very serious that if i give away my choices and my power of decision making to someone or something outside of me mm-hmm then it means I'm off the hook for the outcome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because now I get to stay perfect. I get to be like, well, it wasn't me. Yeah. It was yeah. this person and they were the expert and uh-huh. I did everything they said. And I'm a little face of <laughs> innocence here. And you know, I, I'm uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. You know, I never would have done this. I, I knew sure. that this wasn't the right thing to do. My intuition told me not to, but This person was more powerful than me. This person had more, you know, clout than me, this person, whatever it is. But then really where it's coming from is that we don't think we're on the hook for it. Then we think that we can say something outside of us made that choice when we do make a choice when we do that, which is to be indecisive. And that is a choice. And that's been one of the most healing realizations for me. Is yeah. to look at that gently and to see all the times that I gave away my power and that mm-hmm. I still do sometimes when I get I triggered yeah. and you know and to recognize that it, oh I it was just that scared little girl that didn't want to be seen yes. you know that was the the, yes. the invisibility that I wanted and and everything and oh yes. it's still there okay well if it's still there in me then it's probably still there in somebody else that needs to hear this message today And so I'm going to talk about it and I'm not going to hide it anymore. And I'm not going to believe that it's not ever going to be enough for me to be anything other than perfect, you know? And, and, and so this idea of perfectly imperfect, oh my gosh, it's like a breath of fresh air. That's the transformation Mm -hmm. is that everything becomes possible. And that's the question I ask people all the time is, well, what's possible when you fully believe that nothing is impossible? And yeah. the answer is everything, right? Yeah. And so so now you take all the limits off. You take all the judgments. You take all the comparison, all the shame and the blame and everything else. And you just focus on being in the present. Because when you're yeah. focused on perfectionism, you're not being present.
0: Yeah, that's so true. It's, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, with with the eighth house sun, you know, I always say that, you know, it's the most resilient place to have your main identity. So, so to me, you know, I can see you're a very resilient person. I mean, you just share the, just from what you shared with the two stories and there's many more, I'm sure, um, yes. <laughs> you know, with, with near death experience, um, it, it really is about um when you're younger hiding, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. the house of secrets and hidden mm-hmm. things. So your identity is the sun sign. And so you really hid your your abilities, hid who you were. Um, but what happens is we're kind of forced out into the real world. And and even that story you shared, I, I, I wrote about it in my Phoenix is an Angels book that just came out about eighth house people. Um, you're an eighth houser. And in some of the stories, like when you were with your dad and and someone came up to you and said that to you, they. When we're when eighth house people are in public, people come up and share their problems. Mm-hmm. They share like someone <laughs> like they'll come yes. up to you and tell you the deepest, mm-hmm. darkest, yep. taboo secrets about themselves, mm-hmm. and then you end up giving them counseling in the in the grocery store aisle. Right? That's what happened to me, yes. mama, like, And and I can see that similar energy with you that people were drawn to you to share their pain. Yeah, and yeah. and that's that's your that's your gift as an eighth house person. Um, is to is to heal others because you've walked in their shoes you've you've lived it and yeah and the, and that makes the best counselors or healers because you know what it's like because you've been like you said you felt pain you you had things mm-hmm. you went through physically emotionally and so you become what I call a wounded healer a phoenix that <laughs> rises from the ashes right and And uh, this, this energy of change and rebirth is going to be, you know, throughout your life. And I'm the same way I have a lot of it happens to me a lot, but uh, you're meant to write, you know, definitely, you know, as a, as a Gemini, Gemini rules the third house of publishing, writing, journaling, Mm -hmm. teaching, you know, um, sharing knowledge, talking radio shows, you know, all this stuff. And I have the same thing. So that's why, you know, I'm doing this too. So, so there was something about you uh, that I, I just naturally uh, was drawn to you and in, in, in your book with perfectionism, because it's something I've struggled with too. I have a lot of Virgo, uh, Stellium and Virgo. And so, you know, it's like you can get a thousand compliments and it's like mm-hmm. that one mm-hmm. person or, that doesn't like you, mm-hmm. <laughs> that one that one negative YouTube comment that is horrible, um it, and i had to learn and i'm still learning it like it's it's a daily practice of i got i cannot take it personal and let it go because you you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea you know and mm-hmm. and that's a lady told me that once so I, i'm not everybody's cup of tea I like i like that that's true um but i always wanted to be everybody's cup of tea i wanted everybody to like me mm-hmm. and i had and i would get very hurt and what did i do wrong what is it what did i say or do you know you kind of blame yourself and it's not us mm-hmm. It's we can't control other people. And mm-hmm. and and that's what I had to learn that we can only control our reactions and ourselves and our own reaction to how people treat us. And 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 I always try to be kind and 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 generous and compassionate, but sometimes you're gonna have people that that are gonna be hurtful and you gotta let it roll off, just like roll it off your back, and you gotta keep going and, and you gotta focus on the hundred positive comments that you got. I know, I know. i just laughing when you're saying
1: this because it's enti- my entire life you just yes. said. Basically, yes. I can still remember the like red ink on this one teacher's wow. papers yes. that she used to like. Yes, oh, I know. And I'd be, like, I'd be like, but no, I can't have an A minus. So I have to have an A. <laughs> like, I know. And she would say, she would always say the same thing too. She would yes. say, I don't feel like you're sharing enough about yourself. That, you know, you have yes. all of the information, you have all of, ah. but it was like a creative writing thing, you know, or something. And yes. I'd be like, God, I'm the best essay writer. I'm, you know, all these, yes. I read the book, I, I read the other book, I read, you know, all these other things. Yes. And it was always like the vulnerability and the same thing with acting. Yeah. Like I always yeah. thought about maybe doing acting. And so I tried sure. when I lived in LA because enough clients kept asking me, are you going to try? And I did, but I couldn't get past the perfectionism because like yeah. I would memorize everything so well. And then I'd be waiting for the for the the other person to do their line or for whatever, and the teachers would be like, "Gosh, you know, you're really emotional, and I can tell that you're trying to be present. But I can tell you're trying to be present, and I can tell Uh... that you're indicating. I can tell that you're waiting. You know, you're not responding. He's he's like, when I talk to you just here in class, you're responsive. You're in the moment. He's like, you need to carry that into your scripts. And I was like. I don't know if I can do wow. that. <laughs> it was right? too—it was too vulnerable. Yes. Was too anything yes. else. So maybe I would do it differently now, but. But sure. yeah, I have I really have found that, that speaking, being on podcasts and doing yeah. all of that too has been so healing for me with writing yeah. this book as well, yeah. because it really was letting go of yeah. needing to be perfect and instead yes. showing up and having the tech issues, having the, yes. you know, the kid crying in the background, having whatever it is yes. and just going on and being like, oh, well, if things are yes.
0: supposed to be quote unquote perfectly imperfect, then I can never yeah. fail. So yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean. I mean, you know, tonight, for instance, you know, it, it happens to people like us because the universe is testing us like, okay, guys, uh, right. you're not going to be able to control the plan everything. Cause you know, you and I were planning, I was yes. texting you earlier. I redouble checked. Here's the zoo, make sure. Yes. And, and sometimes it doesn't matter. The universe is going <laughs> to throw a little wrench in there and it's meant to happen and you got to roll with it. And, and, and it took me a long time. I mean, you know, i I just turned 48 today. Oh my gosh. And. I, I look back and I'm still, um, at times I'm a lot better. I have a lot thicker skin now, but it's, it's being, having Virgo energy and a lot of the Virgos listening out there, they'll know it, it makes you, um, that's your net natural thing is I analyze, uh, mm-hmm. I prepare, I organize, I'm efficient. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm always looking to help others, but they also have high standards for themselves. You know, they, Virgos want to be perfect and emotionally your moon is in Virgo. So there's a, Virgos are afraid of being emotionally vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're more doers like uh, doing practical service for people, doing things for others, helping them when they're sick, you know, um, teaching, talking, communication, knowledge, you know, we love to learn and teach. So you were Mm -hmm. great with, you know, doing the research part of things and in school and all that and acting. But then when it comes to emotions, you know, it takes a little bit more, for us to feel safe, mm-hmm. to show our inner, cause we are sensitive, you know, we're it's earth energy and Virgos get a bad rap that they're cold. They're not, they're very sensitive, but they're afraid of being hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and they're hardest on themselves. They, they already know all their faults and all of their things that are wrong <laughs> with them. I, I I'm like, you don't have to tell me, I know. And, and it's hard for them to take compliments. That used yes. to be really hard for me to ever take a compliment. Without returning
1: it or like reciprocating. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was, I don't know. It just naturally was something that I had to work on and people would end up telling me, listen, when we give you a compliment, just say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Because I'd say, oh no, Mm -hmm. you know, we, no, we're no very modest. Oh no. I know. And I stopped doing that because people would say, you need to take a compliment. Just say, thank you. And I would say, thank you. You know, it was hard to get used to that. Now, now I'm like, thank you. And I do mean it. And I feel like, oh, they're so sweet, you know, but it took me a while to be comfortable taking compliments. And it was just all my Virgo, you know, this, mm. you know, perfectionist thing. And so um, I- I'm still organized and I still like to be on, uh, early, 30 minutes early. Uh, you know, I- I'm never, and I worry before I do anything, mm. I'm a worrier. I don't know about you, but that worry um, is part to me, I feel like just talking to you, that worry is connected with being perf- perfect because, mm-hmm. you know, you want everything to go right. And, and yeah, I realize- and you think
1: of all the all the different, you know, worst case scenarios and you think you have it all planned. And yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, I was I think about everything that could happen or go wrong. And I even have something planned tomorrow and I'm worried <laughs> to death about it. And I'm like. It's I, we'll figure it out, you know. Um, if yeah. it doesn't work, it, you know we're gonna do. I'm doing a YouTube live, and I haven't really done that before, and I'm scared it won't work. But you know, we'll uh, have tech issues. You know, I'm just trying to plan out, and I and I'm googling how to go live once you schedule a YouTube you know, and uh, all these things. And but um, and some people are opposite of that, you know. And and I meet people, and I'm just amazed because they have no care in the world. <laughs> they don't plan. They That's just, my husband. <laughs> they wing it, right? And, and yeah, and and they're just like going with the flow, you know. And I'm like, man, I wish I could be like you. I wish I could just not, ca- not, not that I, I say I wish I didn't care. I say that mm-hmm. sometimes. I wish I didn't care so much. Mm-hmm. And um, but but now I know, you know what? I'm born this way, and and I and I've accepted that. I want to, ca- I care, and and it's never good. I'm never not going to care about mm-hmm. doing a good job or you know, doing things, uh, you know, getting things done right and and, and being conscientious, you know, um, we have our personality and that's why, you know, astrology has validated my personality and I love it. And and so I use it as a personality tool um, inside, you know, in counseling, and things like that. But I love, uh, thank you for sharing your chart with me because it, <laughs> it's been really, it's validated a lot of my research that I'm doing right now about uh, the eighth house connection with death, and rebirth and transformation. And, and your stories are just amazing of what you've been through and and very resilient um, well, person. Thank and, you.
1: That was so fascinating to hear and, and to read about the, the chart too. I mean, like I've never had such an in-depth yeah. analysis of it. And yeah, it's like, oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> there really <laughs> yeah. is something here. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's amazing. I mean, you you're meant to be a healer and meant to help people um with what you've experienced in your life. And Everything you're doing, I can see in your chart, it's just validated and and you're on the right path. And, you know, I'm wondering, like, when, how would you like a reader to feel after reading your book? Like, what, what would you like them to feel?
1: I would like them to feel as though they've been heard and seen fully and that they matter and that their light is needed, however it's going to show up, and that, What's possible for one of us is possible for all of us. And so really to take that in and to own that they've done the best they can, they're where they are. And so now they get to choose what's the purpose. What's the purpose of this awareness? It's not to make you feel bad. It's not to find another reason how you're not being perfect. Mm -hmm. It's instead to show you that you're not alone. And it's to show you what is possible. It's to talk about all the impossible things that happened in my life, whether it be the near-death experiences or, you know, marrying, divorcing, and then remarrying my same husband and having my miracle baby girl nearly dying, having her, you know, the whole thing again. Right. And, but, but, but those those are just stories to show one person's navigating of this experience so that it could be a reminder again of what's possible for one is possible for all in whatever form it is and and to really give themselves the grace to trust the timing of them finding that book or the book finding them and and really knowing that they can always come back to it. It's not one of those things that I hope that they just read once and put down. Yeah. I'd like them to come back. And I've had people send me pictures of like yeah. little highlighter marks and, you know, little tabs and different things. Sure. And they're going back. And that's what I was hoping. I wanted to include it all together, kind yeah. of like the artist's way. Where they didn't have to, you know, do some kind of upsell at the end of now. You needed another course to get to be, you know, perfectly imperfect. Yes. <laughs> and, and instead, yes. it was like, no, I'm going to include it in here. Yes, yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to show you what I show, share with my clients. I'm going to tell you the yeah. stories I've worked with my clients yeah. and their transformations and everything. If you want to do something more than that with me, that's fantastic. But yeah. I want you to know it's also enough for you just yeah. to have made the decision to read this book and hopefully to have this start you on whatever your
0: journey is going to look like. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, as you were talking, you, you just validated some other things I saw on your chart too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is, this is, the the chart is the map of your soul. And mm-hmm. so it's energy and it's, it's the experiences that we're meant to have. And, and so that's why I love it. And and one of the things I'm wanting to do with the show is when I have authors on, I want to look at their chart. And kind of bring that in, and it's really eye opening. And uh, you're the first person I've had on that I've really talked about their chart live. I well, I did with my last guest because uh, I know he's a he's one of my mentors, so I already knew his chart. But oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I've never, you know, so I'm going to be doing this with all my guests uh, that I have on. And uh, but I definitely wanted to have you on to talk about this. And I'd like to hear, you know, share with us um, what are some what's another eighth house experience that you've had? You know, knowing that that your son is there and it's, it's, you know, there's some connections with healing, death, rebirth, transformation, things like that. And also um, helping other people and secrets and trauma. Like you talked a little bit about healing trauma and things like that. Maybe some tips, you know, that maybe other eighth house people out there, what helped you really overcome and heal uh, those traumatic situations that you went through?
1: Well, I'd say what's really helped me the most, the common thread is again, coming from that place of curiosity rather than judgment. And so not denying any part of the experience itself, because I believe that denial is not a spiritual state. (laughs) And and so, you know, really looking, but looking without judgment, looking Mm -hmm. with gentleness, looking with curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so when you can tell your story, yeah. without judgment, yeah. when you can tell your story as though it's your best friend telling your mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. so that now you give that extra grace, you give that extra just space basically too, within the story itself, it really shifts things. And so that if you can look at it and see, okay, well, what was the purpose of this? And how can I take the purpose of this and feel empowered by it? rather than feel limited by it? What choices are now possible for me because I'm able to look at all of this and see it? And when you do that, then you start to shift your language in how you're communicating with yourself and with others. And so as a perfectionist, I know for me, and maybe for you too, I'm not gonna speak for you, but what I would say is that for me, I used to always say, I think. As mm-hmm. the response to anyone asking me a question, mm-hmm. that was something that made me feel like, uh-oh, I, I better get this right, or mm-hmm. you know, that they're getting nosy, or there's some vulnerability that's going to be breached yes. here unless I put up a wall. Mm-hmm. So the way that I put up my wall was to act uncertain and okay. to look for validation. So mm-hmm. when somebody would say, like, what are you going to write that book You know, yeah. that you've been working yeah. on for seven years or whatever it was, you know? And then the beginning of me writing the book, I would start to say, "Uh, I I think I'm going to uh, finish it, uh, maybe in the fall, maybe, you know? And I was always like, I was answering the question with a question because there was that uncertainty and it was like, well, what kind of answer are you looking for? What can I say to you to make you happy? How can I get you to leave me alone so that I can be visible again, you know? (laughs) And go off and be in my, my little cocoon. And because um, I don't want to feel your judgment, right? I don't want to feel, yes. even if they weren't being judgmental, I didn't want to feel it because I felt like I was under the spotlight yes. and I didn't want to be there. Even though I could speak in front of a crowd of like 500 or a thousand people, sure. if you get me one-on-one or in a small group and I don't know you very well, or I feel yeah. like you're judging me, I don't know what to do.
0: Yes.
1: And it's not my comfort zone. Yes. And then what shifted though, over time. So with writing the book, I actually really yeah. began to live the book. That's and cool. what shifted was that rather than thinking of me writing something new, I had this vision where I could actually see the book finished and mm-hmm. I could see the cover. I could see the, the, you know, the text and everything like that. And it closed in the vision. And then I heard this voice that said, it's already written. Gotcha. You only need to choose when to access the memory.
0: That's really and cool.
1: We, we so got it we
0: only yeah. got like two minutes. Oh, okay. No, but
1: when, when I heard that though, yeah, I, yeah. I I shifted the energy of it where yes. I wasn't making something new. I was remembering it. Yes. So what I would say to anyone that is looking at their own life and wanting to see what's possible yeah. is know that you being on the other side has already happened. And that you're just now going through your experience of remembering what's possible gotcha. so that you can be gentle with yourself and see yourself no longer as limited or defective, but instead as being whole and complete.
0: I like that. Can Can you tell us how people can find your book real quick? We got like a minute yes. or so left. I don't and I want to cut off. Yes, they can yes. go to happily
1: happilyevernowbook.com. They can also find my main website at nancyreed, N-A-N-C-I-R-E-E-D.com, and they can find me in the Instaverse at
0: Happily Ever Living or at Nancy Ann Reed. Nancy Ann Reed, perfect. Um, we got just less than a minute. Um, I just want to thank you for coming on and encourage uh, everybody out there to, to, to get ha- Happily Ever Now, not after everything else is perfect and and uh, get your copy and visit her and, and follow her and i just want to thank you for for coming on uh, deep soul divers astrology and sharing your chart with me and your experience it, it was powerful and i'm hoping that the listeners out there uh i'm sure they enjoy it and i'm going to share on social media the video and things like that we can uh get it out there for uh, our followers and friends so mercury retrograde is going on right now and and, and it played its little games with us today. But we made it and uh, we got to go live and I'm so glad uh, it worked out. And so it's so wonderful uh, to have you here. And I can't wait to see what else uh, you're doing. And, and I'm still thinking about your stories that you shared. And, and it's <laughs> There's very... lots more. <laughs> I know I might. I'll probably have to have you back on actually. So yeah, thank... we should have a virtual coffee. <laughs> we will. We will. Thank you, Nancy, for joining Deep Soul Divers Astrology. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next show. Thanks, thank Carmen. Thank you. Thank you.